Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Darren. Today we're going to be talking about Baby from the album For You. Uh, as with the rest of this album, it was recorded from October to December 1977 at the record plant in Sausalito. The album, of course, was released on the 7th of April 1978. Um, as is the general form with these tracks, it's just Prince by himself. Uh, and the track is uh, a scant three minutes and nine seconds. Uh, a nice short one. Um, and my guest today is Stan Ferguson. Hello, Stan. Hello. Hey, Darren. And as this is the first episode that you're on, Stan, I was just going to ask, uh, can you remember how you got into Prince? Uh, you know, is there like a specific track that you can recall hearing, thinking to yourself, you know, this is a guy who I want to hear more stuff from? Uh, you know, did you, were you ever someone who like bought the albums? Uh, you know, if you can kind of remember your first album with Prince or what? anything like that, you know, basically, how did he come into your life? <laughs> uh, in a kind of a strange way. Um, I would think I was about seven years old when a friend of my parents, uh, on my birthday gave me the record Purple Rain. And at that point in my life, I'd never even heard of Prince. I loved Michael Jackson, huge Michael Jackson fan, but this Prince person, I was like, what is this? Like, is this, is this a dollar store version of Michael Jackson? What is this Prince? <laughs> And my brother got the album, and my brother's six years older than me, and said, "This is mine." And uh, <laughs> I, at that point, I, ne- I didn't ever listen to the album or anything until years later. And the first song I really remember hearing by Prince was uh, "Raspberry Beret," uh, because that was his. Yeah. I think that was from his next movie, "Under the Cherry Moon," if I recall correctly. Uh, right after, Purple I'm going to correct you and I'm going to correct you and say that Raspberry Beret was off Around the World in a Day. That's it. It isn't in Under the Cherry Moon. I just remember hearing that song, going, "Oh, this is by the guy who did that Purple Rain album I was given." Then, cut to my teenage years, my brother and I were both metalheads, and he said, "Listen to this guitar," and he played uh, "Let's Go Crazy," and I was like, "This is this is amazing." And that's when I started, I, that's when I fell in love with that entire album. So I was very much a Prince and the Revolution fan. And it took me a while to really appreciate his later stuff and any anything else he really contributed. Uh, because I was very stuck in that yeah. metalhead phase. You know, after his tragic death, you know, a lot of people have kind of gone back and, um, you know, particularly kind of, you know, people who are fans of guitar stuff. And they have kind of, I mean, on YouTube, you can find tons of these different videos now. Um, of Prince doing, um, you know, different kind of guest spots where he plays guitar, like um, the the kind of George Harrison tribute thing where he does the uh, while my guitar gently weeps and he does like the solo for like the last three minutes. Oh God! And yes. everyone else on stage, you can see, is clearly like in awe of what Prince is doing, and they're all you know like super famous people, apart from Danny Harrison. Um, so <laughs> you know, there's there's like there's like this kind of you know, it's almost like yeah, Prince is like this this great guitarist. But he chose to do a lot, so much other stuff that you don't really ever just think, oh, yeah, Prince is a great guitar. You kind of just think of Prince as being kind of like an all-round musician. Right. No, he is an amazing guitarist. Uh, and I that's what that's the first thing that I fell in love with Prince for was his incredible guitar skills. 
and then later on his just songwriting skills in general. Um, and, you know, that kind of like all round thing was what Warner Brothers promoted when this, this debut album came out. Uh, you know, many press releases. First of all, they took two years off his age to make him seem even better. So they pretended he was 18 when he was, in fact, 20. Um, and then they boasted about they boasted about all the different instruments that he played You know, on this album, which was a lot of it was just different types of synthesizers. But, you know, he played the drums, he played the guitar, he played the bass. You know, he was doing, you know, backing vocals to his own tracks. You know, he was he was a one man band in the truest sense. And I mean, I wouldn't say that that's particularly on show in this track, um, you know, because it's it's um, I would say if I have to pick a genre, I'd say it's a it's just like a, a slow ballad. Right. Um, and, you know, it, again, what's showing off Prince is kind of like um, piano playing skills. Um, right. I'm, I'm sure on some kind of synthesizer that just sounds like a piano, basically. <laughs> I think this song's actually, I mean, as with a few of the songs on this on this first album, it's not super memorable. Considering the amount of time Prince spent and the amount of money he spent on this album, I feel like the end result feels a little kind of underwhelming. Um, and I'd say this is one of the songs which is, you know, a bit underwhelming. It's kind of like, um, you know, standard Prince, you know, uh, the, the the falsetto right um you know in this in this case you know the, the kind of the slow beat um you know and you know just verse chorus verse chorus um and then at the end actually quite an interesting twist but um <laughs> you know which we can talk about in a second but i, I overall for, as the, for the you know as, as kind of like the first proper ballad that prince has done it just feels a little bit kind of um you know, not really that memorable, and and it just kind of once you've listened to it, I don't think you could probably recall uh, what it sounds like. No, it, I don't know your thoughts on it. Ah, uh, that that mirrors my thoughts uh, directly. It reminds me of kind of uh, if Barry White did a generic song, and then Prince came along and sang it falsetto. Um, yeah, it's just there's nothing. There, it's not catchy. It has. It it has it, it displays all of Prince's talents that he would end up using, but none of his attitude, and uh, certainly yeah. just nothing about it sticks out. With the exception of, as you alluded to, the 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 change in the lyrics, because this song starts off just coming off as like a very generic uh, love song. And then there's a switch. Yeah. It starts off with him saying, I mean, obviously the use of the word baby, which Prince on this first album, it's all over the place, baby. I don't, I mean, you think to yourself, why is he called this track baby? Because he's used <laughs> that word so many times throughout the whole album. But there is a very specific reason. I think that's what kind of the only thing that makes this song interesting, where he's talking about the, you know, um, I'm so in love with you. I know you're in love with me too, which I think is, <laughs> I, I love how Prince in some of these songs speaks for the other person. And he's like, yeah, you're in love with me. I'm in love with you. Like, yeah, it's very basic. Yeah. Um, but he's he's kind of asking, um, you know, the refrain that, that goes throughout the song is, baby, what are we going to do? Um, which is it's, it's interesting because this is I spoke about this on some of the, on some of the other tracks on this album, but this is a little bit of a story song in that he's telling a story, uh, but he's kind of putting it in first person, which is a bit unusual. And so he's talking about you know should we go on living together? So, you know, so straight away suggesting you know some premarital sex, which fits in with you know the Prince of later years, I think, uh, or certainly Prince of the eighties, um, and you know, or should we get married? Um, and as the song goes on, you know, he talks about how he hasn't got enough money for two. Right. And so it's like, well, actually, specifically, he says, I barely have enough money for two. 
Um, and then he goes, I don't regret what I've done to you. So you, uh, with each line, you're gradually finding out what the situation is. And it's it's basically two young lovers who have an unexpected pregnancy. Right. And obviously don't have enough money to sustain themselves at the moment. So how are they going to pay for this child? And that's like such a like... And I, I, I just like the, the kind of the, you know, like the final kind of like um, verse is... Um, I never would have thought that this would happen to a very careful man like me. So that even suggests, I don't know, that suggests like, I don't know, uh, like, I don't know, the condom broke or something. Like, there's something that suggests that he's he's practicing safe sex, but and yet they've still ended up with her being pregnant. Or they he thinks he's being safe by pulling out or something like that. People who think they're careful, but they're not. <laughs> I mean, you're reading a bit more into it than I am on, on that, but yeah. I, I guess that could be the case. Um, and then, of course, you know, he, he's he's talking about how, um, you know, we're going to work it out. Right. Um, and and then at the very end, he, he says, uh, we're going to work it out, you know, once more. And then he says, I hope our baby has eyes just like yours, which suggests, you know, that they're keeping the child. And, you know, maybe they're going to have to move, you know, move in somewhere where they can afford, you know, to live with, you know, the three of them. And it's just such a, like... For the for the sound that's coming out, you know, for the kind of music that's being put underneath this, it's like not as that's it's less compelling than the the lyrics, which kind of tell this really interesting story about these kind of two young lovers deciding to stay together and have this this baby, despite the fact they probably can't afford it. It's a mixture of joy and desperation that you kind of would expect in a situation like this, and it's a yeah. lovely poem with such forgettable music. Yeah, I guess I guess if you just took the music away and just put this, uh, maybe took one of you know some of the the baby. What are we going to do out of there? And just kind of put it a bit more. Yeah, it, it it is like a very compelling kind of poem, putting out this this kind of situation of of what's going on between these two young lovers. Um, yeah, and like kind of the the last kind of the last bit is kind of like the twist of they're going to keep the baby, um, and uh, you know. Uh, obviously with Prince you know due to the fact that he's you know kind of so um, guarded and, and rarely gave anything away um, you know people would read into his songs you know quite a lot and obviously this is the kind of song where you could read something into it about you know maybe Prince had an unplanned pregnancy with someone right um, but apparently this was this was actually based on stories that his friends had told right. And it, it had nothing to do with him. He, he wasn't detailing the situation he'd gone through. <laughs> he was merely just, you know, being empathetic about, um, you know, other people's situations and putting them into this into this kind of story. Right. Um, but, yeah, that kind of that last little kind of twist is, is the thing that makes it really interesting. You know, the I hope our baby has eyes just like yours, which, again, is, you know, a kind of Prince doing a kind of compliment um, which he he'll do quite a lot in these song in it, like all of his songs where he'll say something and it'll be like a compliment, but at the same time you're like, hold on a second, what's he really saying? Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I you know I just like I said, the music is forgettable, but the, these you know the lyrics are really interesting and you know a sign that even as like a you know a 19 year old writing this song, he could kind of put this kind of experience into words, right? Um, you know which such a such a you know such a strength that basically as as you know over the next few albums that that becomes even more honed and and you know his lyrics become a you know a lot more 
um, you know, the music obviously becomes more memorable. Oh yes. Uh, but the lyrics, you know, they've always been, they've always, there's always been a level, uh, you know, to Prince of, of having really great lyrics. And, you know, even a song like this, which is forgettable, has really great lyrics and a, and a really kind of interesting story being told. Another interesting thing about this song, given uh, Prince's oeuvre, is he does that in that sensual kind of Barry White uh, style, uh, but with his falsetto, but it's not a sexy Prince song. It's actually extremely earnest. No. And interestingly, you know, a lot of Prince songs are about him trying to convince someone to have sex. Whereas here, it's like, here are the consequences of that, <laughs> of that, that, that convincing that actually worked, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the songs where he's kind of said, come on, you know, come, come with me, you know, and here he is like, what the hell happened? You know? <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like an interesting kind of before and after, I think. It was, uh, you know, put out as the B-side for uh, Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad, which is, uh, uh, you know, a single from um, the next um, the next album, which is kind of interesting because Warner Brothers have a habit of doing this over the next kind of, um, you know, kind of up until, uh, you, know, you know, 1999. Generally, the B-sides for Prince songs were, were, were just album tracks or, you know, sometimes they were even, sing- you know, previously released as singles. Right. Um, and, and, you know, Warner Brothers basically trying to wring every kind of last dollar out of, uh, you know, these these songs that Prince had spent so much of their money on. Um, you know, and, in, in, in you know, Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad with with um, with Baby as a, a B-side, um, you know, charted in, in the Billboard Hot Soul singles um, in February 1980. Uh, with the peak position of number 13. Um, I love these kind of, the, the billboard charts that are so kind of like specialist down to really narrow kind of um, <laughs> kind of things. And uh, and for the first kind of four years of his career, Prince was almost saved by those charts because his singles, they wouldn't chart in the, the billboard, you know, like Hot 100, but they would chart in all these different specialists like R&B and soul and, you know, black music. There's, you know, like all the different kind of specialist charts. Prince seemed to be able to release singles and chart in those, but he just never kind of broke through for those first kind of like four years, uh, you know, until 1999. And then obviously, you know, he started to have some crossover success. Right. Um, well, in so, 1999, that's when you started uh, getting I, into uh, him really infusing that uh, soul sensibility into pop music in such a different way than what Michael Jackson was doing. There is a, yeah, there's a notable contrast there as, you know, with, with Thriller in 1999. Um, but that is a talk for another day because yes. we were talking about Baby. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think we've said, we've said as much as we possibly can about it. So uh, I'm going to go to the plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Stan? Uh, sure. Uh, I have a couple podcasts that I do. Uh, they are, uh, they see me rolling, which is a D and D podcast that I GM. Uh, we do it for laughs, and it's uh, hopefully, hopefully, maybe we got some listeners who enjoy uh, the Adventure Zone style of uh, storytelling. That's kind of what we do, along with a uh, hundred other people. So hopefully, we're among those hundreds you want to listen to. I do that with my friends Jody, Hayden, <laughs> and Ivan. Along with that, I do one uh, locally with uh, some friends called uh, A Thousand Words, which is uh, just a comedy podcast where we talk about a work of art, or sometimes it'll be a thematic thing like book covers or board games, where we pick out three uh, goofy uh, book covers or board game covers or whatever it is that, that we're looking at and just make some jokes. But 
we're there. Uh, our friend Ron is an actual artist, and we're there to both uh, joke and appreciate at the same time. So it's not like we're ripping on anything. We're just enjoy- we're just having fun with it. So that's a really long explanation for it, but I do that with my friends Ron and <laughs> Jessica. Uh, so if you want to listen to another comedy podcast where the subject is paintings, uh, there you go. I think we're the only one. <laughs> Those are obviously on iTunes. Are you on Twitter at all? Uh, I am on Twitter at, at racecarfastlane. And I, I do respond, but I, most of what I do is retweet. Uh, well, thanks for being my guest today, Stan. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and thank you for having me. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, and we're on Twitter at Prince Podcast. And if you wish to email us, I don't know why you would, you can get us at <laughs> Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Uh, so thanks for being my guest, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.